0: This church is not skipping a beat. We're moving forward. And believe me, church, I believe that God is preparing us for something greater in the coming weeks. So, man, get ready. Get ready. Hold on to your seatbelt. And God's taking us deeper as a church, and I'm excited about it. Uh, And so I'm embracing what God's doing right now, and I trust you are as well. But I know that right now there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. There's, there's a lot of uh, still confusion in this time of uncertainty, but I want to just bring you a word of encouragement today. In times of hurt and in times of pain, in a world full of that, many people say, where is God? Where is God? What is God doing when, when a believer is going through pain and trouble and hurt in life? And so today I just want to bring you a powerful word of encouragement right from the scripture. And I'm going to give you several passages of scripture today, not just one. Because I want to take you through kind of an, an overview of the Gospels and some in the Old Testament, scriptures that bring encouragement in times of hope and in times of hurt and in times of pain. I've talked with a lot of you. I know there's hurt. I know there's pain, not just because of COVID-19, but because of other things going on. Maybe there was loss in your life. Um, maybe this this time of isolation has brought up other issues in your life and you're experiencing real hurt, and real pain. And I want you to hear me today. More importantly, I want you to hear from God today. And so let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, I pray your Holy Spirit would absolutely illuminate our hearts and our minds to not just hear, but to receive the Word of God today as a message of hope and a message of encouragement in times of hurt and pain. God bless your people, I pray abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I want to share with you you know, all the suffering, all the pain that's going on in our world. Uh, maybe, maybe you've lost your job recently. Maybe, like I said, it could be all kinds of things. It's not just uh, the COVID-19 issue. It's just the reality of pain. And you're asking, where are you, God, when it hurts? Where are you when it hurts? But here's, here's the bottom line. The Lord has absolutely promised to deliver us from all of our troubles. And there's a few people in here this morning. It's good to see some faces in the sanctuary, about seven or so, seven or eight. But I want you guys in here to know it as well. Where are you when it hurts and God promises? Psalm chapter 34, verse 18. Take a look in your Bible. It says this, Psalm chapter 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saved those who, saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles. Yeah, even good people, even righteous people, even children of God. Listen to me, understand this. It doesn't mean that we are exempted from hurt and pain. Even a righteous man may have many troubles, but, I love that word, but. I don't love it when my my kids say that. Yes, dad, but. No, no, I don't love it then, but. But here, I love it, but the Lord, say those three words, but the Lord delivers him from them all. You know, in the Bible, from Abraham to David to the Apostle John, they were all afflicted, they all went through heartache, they all went through pain, and they were all in trouble, yet all came out of their trouble as heroes of faith stronger and higher and better than before they went through their storm. Understand that. It doesn't mean that God enjoys putting us through trials. I'm not saying that. It's not that God glories in that. But in the world of sin that you and I live in, there is pain and there's hurt and there's trouble and there's affliction. But God will deliver the righteous out of it. I'm going to give you four points today. The first one is this. God tests our heart in our hurts God tests our heart in our hurts there's a heart testing going on guys and we're all going through it and and we don't necessarily always love it and we say oh it hurts but do we believe and do we trust God in the midst of pain and suffering that's what we have to look at do we believe you do we trust you do we know and believe the promises of God even with everything that looks impossible even with frustration, like I said, even when, when we don't d- agree with people over us or the laws that are that are kind of overraining us, even when that, and things look impossible, do we trust God even when we don't understand his ways in our lives or our trials? So listen, our trials can be a test of faith. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2. Our trials are a test of our faith. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years? Sometimes this whole pandemic feels like we've been in it 40 years, right? Where I've heard so many people say, people say, Pastor, I'm done. I'm just done. I get it. I understand. I feel the same way. Is it possible that God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep His commandments. You see, every trial the Israelites went through from the Red Sea to the Promised Land was a test of their faith. God was testing their heart to see whether they would be faithful to him. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They went through it too. King Nebuchadnezzar asked the people to fall down and to worship the golden image that he made. And they said, no way, not not even if you throw us into a blazing furnace, we are absolutely not going to bow down. We are not going to serve you. And even if you do that, our God will rescue us from your hand. Remember what the words they said? But even if he doesn't, even if God doesn't, that's what they said, even if he doesn't rescue us, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. And so as a result, what happened? They were bound up. They were thrown into the fire. And, and the king made it even seven times hotter. You know the story. As the king and the people were watching, they all of a sudden noticed there's a fourth guy in the furnace. And the king said, what in the world is going on here? See what the king said. Daniel chapter 3, verse 25. Daniel chapter 3, verse 25 and through 27. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of God, of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So they came out of the fire and the satraps and the the, uh, prefects and the governors and the royal adversaries crowded around them. And what did they see? They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was there a hair on their head that was singed. Their robes weren't even scorched. They didn't even smell like fire. So what what, what does that have to do with what you're going through, what I'm going through, what we're going through, the hurt, the pain, the harm? God tested them. And they proved to be faithful. And eventually, eventually, God promoted them. Listen, as we walk through the fire... As we walk through the hurt, as we walk through the pain of life, of uncertainty. Daniel chapter 3, verse 30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. When we're going through hurt, understand God is right there testing our hearts. But there's always a promotion when we trust in God. Do you trust in him? All those who are going through trials understand God is with you and, and, and a promotion is on your way, on its way. Isn't that good news? God's Listen, I was talking to someone before church today and I said, look, God, God is doing a deep work inside of us. He, he is bringing us up to another level. Understand this, folks watching at home. God's doing something in your hearts. He's doing a work inside of you, even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, even when you don't understand it, even when you don't know. If you continue to press in and trust God in the midst of the hurt and the pain and the difficulty, a promotion is on your way. What does that mean? God's going to lift you up. God is going to lift you up. That's encouraging to me. That's when I can stand in here and and jump up and down and get excited and worship God because there's, there's something good headed your way. Hang in there. Number two. God directs us in our hurts. Unaware to us, God is directing us when we're going through these hard phases in life. 1 Kings chapter 17, after telling the super prophecy of his life to King Ahab, Elisha was, if you remember the story, Elisha was led by God to hide in the Carth Ravine. And God directed the ravens, the birds. Uh, you may remember the story. God directed the ravens to bring him uh, bread and meat in the morning in, uh, and evening, and he also drank from the brook. When the whole country was in famine and in drought, God's servant was amply provided for and supplied for everything that he needed. But sometime afterward, the brook dried up, the Bible says, and there was no rain in the land, and the ravens stopped bringing food. All of a sudden, Elijah's got a problem. And he says, oh, no, no food. <laughs> No job, no ministry, and now no water. Can you imagine the thoughts that started to go through his head, through his mind? You know, God, you sent me here. Now all I see is a dry stream. You know, again, he had food for a while. Then it dries up. Then it stops. Now no food, no birds bringing me food, no water. He probably would have felt a little like giving up and a little like throwing his hands in the air and kind of like, you know what, forget this. I'm sick of this nonsense. And when you study this story a little bit further, you begin to see and understand that the hurt was for a change. The hurt that he was going through was for a transformation, for a change. God sent Elijah to Zarephath and provided a widow to take care of him. And when God dried the brook, when the brook dried up, listen, God wasn't going, oh, no, the brook dried up. Oh dear, how did that happen? I mean, God knew, God allowed that to happen and he had already pre-planned ahead of time. He had prepared everything needed for him at Zareph. God was directing Elijah to a new destiny. So God used that time to force him out of a place he was to go to a new place, to transition and to change. And you see that sometimes, listen, sometimes God allows hurt to get us moving to push us out of where we're at sometimes God has to allow that so that you are inclined to say hey I need to move I can't stay where I'm at are you with me maybe you lost a job maybe you've gone through a hard time maybe this whole this whole pandemic nonsense has really pressed you but it's pushing you out sometimes God allows that don't give up in your trials Don't give up. Look by faith. There's a greater destiny coming your way, church, when you have the eyes of faith. Look in faith and say, God, I trust you. God, I believe you. God, I know that you're allowing this to move me the direction I need to move. The third thing I want you to hear this morning is that God protects us in our hurts. He protects us. Sometimes God uses failures and problems to to protect us. Joseph was was obviously the story there, his his father's favorite son, and as a result of, of that favoritism, his brothers were filled with hatred and bitterness toward him, and then one day their hatred uh, caused them to sell him into slavery, right? Traveled uh, through Egypt in the caravan, and, and all of that happened so quickly in his life. One moment he was the, the favorite son, and before you know it, he was... Outcast, thrown into a pit, put in chains, sold into slavery. Life couldn't seem to be any worse for Joseph, right? He felt defeated. He felt lonely. He felt unloved. He felt uh, abandoned. He felt rejected. I'm sure he had a lot of pain from being, going from one place to another so quickly, being hated and despised, but God, again, those two words, but God, had a purpose he had a plan god still has a purpose he has a plan for you at home listening in here in the parking lot understand this a plan for what joseph was going through god took him out of slavery and he made him the ruler in egypt second only in power to pharaoh imagine that going from a slave how does that happen god (laughs) that's the only way it happens right Years later, during the time of severe famine, you remember Joseph saw his brothers once again. They came to Egypt and they were, they were begging for the privilege to buy food. They had no idea that the Egyptian ruler standing before them was their, with their brother, Joseph, who had once been, he, they sold him off. And finally, Joseph reveals himself and they were absolutely petrified with fear. And they begged Joseph, please don't kill us. So what does Joseph say back to his brother? Look at Genesis chapter 45, verse 7 and 8. God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. You know, Joseph probably felt defeated and a failure until this very day, away from his family, all that, but now he realized it was God's protection upon his life. He all of a sudden now has a new perspective. Oh, now I see God. Uh, you know, we've, we've heard the saying, hindsight is always 20-20. And you look back, you know, when you're this close, you can't see clearly, but some time, some space, some distance, you begin to see another perspective. Remember through Joseph's trouble, that God even protected his family. Genesis 45, 5. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Looking back and saying, look, I I know that God allowed this. He allowed you to do this so that, but God, church. Right now, I get it. We're... uh, we're frustrated. We're growing impatient. We're, um, we're done. I said it myself. I'm done with this. I'm done with the masks. I'm done with the social distancing. I'm do- I want to hug you. I want to love on you. I want to I be with my family, my church. I, I get it. I know how we feel. But God, let's trust God. Let's continue to walk in faith and walk in obedience and know that you know, when you're going through trials, when you're having a heartache, when you're having hardships or hurt, and pain in your life, unbeknownst to you, God's hand of protection is all over you. God is with you. Number four, hurts make us rely on God. Sometimes it's only when we're crushed and only when we're down that we see the face of God and we wholeheartedly learn to trust in God. And and that this is a time that's pressing us. Remember the apostle Paul, what he said about his hardships. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8 and 9 He said this we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about the hardships we suffer in the province of Asia we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired even of life indeed our hearts were felt uh, our hearts in our hearts we felt the sentence of death but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Scholars say that this trial was was, uh, the great riot that broke out in Ephesus, talked about in Acts chapter 19. And the life of, of all Christians in that city was under threat. And Paul was one of those believers, and he must have gone through some incredibly emotional stress and turmoil and trauma, physical threat during that time. In fact, there's one version, the Revised Standard Version, it says it this way. Paul says uh, that he was utterly, unbearably crushed. He came to the lowest human spirit could come to, the uttermost sense of despair. This is what Paul said. We felt that we had received the sentence of death. Imagine and feel the heaviness of Paul's heart. It was absolutely hopeless. He had given up. There was no way out. But then he adds. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Paul says this very clearly, that the trial was to refocus his attention back to God. God is refocusing. Listen, church, listen to me. Look at me. God is refocusing our attention back on him. Not on me, not on us, not on the situations and circumstances, on God. And this is a time to refocus. And I want to encourage you to embrace this time to continue. After going through the trial, see what Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians now in chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. It said this, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. Paul says it very boldly that that hurts and hardships and trials cannot destroy a child of God, but in fact promote us. Once again, we see this. Your challenges cannot destroy you. What's going on in this world is not going to destroy you. It cannot stop your eternal spirit, and you will not be crushed, or crushed, but you will not be abandoned. One of the major reasons that God allows Suffering is to refocus our trust in Him. And that brings us great hope. He is in control. Listen, God is at work in your life. Even when you don't recognize it, even when you don't understand it, He is in the storm with you. He's calling you to rise above the storm. Right now, this moment in time, we've got an amazing opportunity to rise above the storm that we're in. Listen, and your situation, whether it has to deal with Covid nineteen or not, but here's I want to share this little illustration with you about eagles. I love to watch eagles. I have a friend here; he lets me uh, use his uh, kayaks and float down the river on the Kennebec, right, Andy? And I go back there, and you see some beautiful eagles soaring over you. And one of the things I've I've learned from eagles is a couple of different stories. One is the preening process and how they prepare for the day. I I, I consider it the covering of the Holy Spirit. But the next thing an eagle does is when a storm is coming, he knows about it before the storm comes. Do any of you have dogs or animals? I have a dog that drives me crazy because he knows like hours before a storm is coming and he starts freaking out. And he's crawling on the bed and he's crawling under the bed. And he's all, for eagles know, way ahead of time before a storm is coming. And this is what an eagle does. He sets off to soar in the sky and he tilts his wings just the right angle, the perfect degree, so that he catches the air current and he rises up on the top of the storm. He's still in it, but he's at the top of the storm. He's not in the middle of it. And the beautiful thing there is he doesn't escape the storm. He uses the storm to lift him higher. Are you using the storm to lift you higher? And, and so many passages in the scripture, sorry, I don't know what's going on with me, you're good. So many passages in the scripture talk about animals, but it rises on the winds that bring that storm. When the storms of life come upon you, we can rise above them by setting our minds toward God. The storms do not have to overcome us. We can allow God's power to lift us. Are you with me? Allow God's power to lift us. Let two closing scriptures this morning. James chapter one, verse twelve. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test of time, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And Romans chapter eight, verse twenty-eight, we've shared it a lot throughout this time of pandemic, and we know that all things Work together for the good of them who love him. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. It means that God is working through everything that happens in our lives. No matter what the problem, no matter what the heartache, no matter what the difficulty, God will turn it around to you, turn it around for you, and in the process, he will make you into the image of the Son of God. Jesus Christ is our constant consummate hope in perilous time Jesus Christ he is the one he is our hope right put your faith put your trust in him allow uh, those trials and those heartaches that you're in to press you to Jesus amen Thank you for tuning in with us today. And I can't wait to see you next week again online. I know that we're distant right now, but we're getting the sanctuary ready. We're warming it up. The seats are prepared. Uh, Pastor Zach's gonna come and he's gonna close us in prayer. And I'll be out in the parking lot in just a minute because I wanna say goodbye to you all again and happy Mother's Day to everybody. And uh, we trust that you will have a blessed day. Again, kids, take care of your moms today and uh, dads help do that as well. God bless you. Have a great day in his presence. Thank you, Pastor Zach.
1: We know that God does work together everything for our good as long as we turn our eyes on him. So uh, that's a that's a really <laughs> an awesome thing to keep in mind, especially right now. So let's pray. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you that you are good. We thank you that. Uh, You're speaking to us. We thank you even for the the opportunity that we have to listen to your word and to get together, whether it's in the parking lot or whether it's online, Lord. We just thank you that your body can still gather and hear from you. So, Lord, I pray that you'll help us to remember today and this week that no matter what we're going through, we can turn our eyes to you and we can know that you have it all taken care of. Lord, that we don't have to worry, that we don't have to stress. Lord, just help us to, to keep ourselves focused on you, not on what's going on around us, not on the things that we feel like are, are tearing us down, Lord, but help us to know that you're going to build us up, that we can uh, that we can just let you hold us up. We love you, God. We praise you. We give all these things to you because we know that you're good. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, like Pastor Craig said, take care of your moms today and uh, enjoy your Mother's Day, moms. We love you, and uh, we hope that you guys have a great week. We will see you next week.